time again for Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. I am Dr. Jacques de Bruckert, a psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and addiction specialist. If you are suffering from addiction, misery, trauma, whatever it is, I'm here to help. If you're in search of help to try to get your life back together, join me here at Doc Shock, your Addiction Lifeguard, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. to be real clear about what this podcast is intended for. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes, but not considered help. If you actually need real help and you're in need of help, please seek that out. If you're in dire need of help, you can go to your nearest emergency room or you can check into a rehab center or call a counselor like me and talk about your problems and work through them. But don't rely on a podcast to be that form of help. It's not. It's just a podcast. It's for entertainment and information only. So let's keep it in that light, all right? Have a good time, learn something, and then get the real help that you need from a professional. truth is what it is and that's what we believe (laughs) at least that's what we tell ourselves and in our recovery we're supposed to be speaking our truth and I hear that term um, being thrown around all the time speak your truth and I don't even know what that means when when you really your truth that's not the real truth it's your truth but the truth is something that will either bring us down or it'll bring us relief so in the biblical, scriptural uh, sense, I'm going to paraphrase and take out of context something. If you understand the truth, the truth will set you free. What truth? Your truth or the real truth? The truth that you want to believe or the one that you, and the one that you keep hanging on to that has led you down this horrible path of destruction? Or the real truth about what's really going on and what happened in your life? Uh, The idea of purposeful remembering is what I wanted to uh, bring to your attention with this episode of Doc Shock, Your Addiction Lifeguard. Purposeful remembering. When we go through recovery, we have to engage in something that is uh, painful, the naked truth, the real truth. And the purpose of that is to cleanse ourselves of the misguided belief that nobody understands or the the lack of boundary um, that we feel that we have with the world around us. In other words, we, we want to have people accept us, but we're not willing to be truthful or honest about ourselves or what we're doing or how we lived. And more specifically, the difficulty in understanding that people can accept us when we have flaws. I sometimes will tell people that there was a point in my life where I was homeless and they look at me and they can't imagine that that's the truth. And it's because I don't live like that. My truth is that I was that at a younger age. I was homeless. But bringing myself out of that is also my truth. So if the truth is that um, you lived a life that you're embarrassed about or you're upset about, um, you're ashamed of, you know, whether it's homelessness or poverty 
uh, prostitution, drug addiction, violence. Maybe you went to jail. You served time. Uh, you went to prison. Whatever that truth is, and the thing is that you've lived it, it doesn't mean that it has to then dictate everything from you know the, the, as you live your life moving forward. It means that it will inform how you live your life. It shouldn't dictate how it live your life. And so the truth is the thing that you need to embrace. So purposeful remembering is the effort that you are putting forward to remember reality as it really is, not what you would have wanted it to be. There are things that that doesn't apply to, okay? Um, Distortion of thinking or um, upset about something that happened that was traumatic. And by traumatic, I mean like really traumatic, like your mom or your dad tried to kill you. Um, They molested you. They caused you tremendous, tremendous harm. That's a different thing because the truth is very painful. And that one is one where you must be guided through it by a professional in a way that will help protect you from the realities of, of that, that trauma, that damage. And that's something that I'm going to take as a separate thing. That's not purposeful remembering as I'm going to talk about it. That's purposeful remembering for a different episode. So I'm talking about just the things that you did that you're ashamed of and leave it at that. So for this conversation, it's one of purposeful remembering about the things that you've done that you are ashamed of or embarrassed about. And we would like to run away from those things, how we lived or what we did or who we were with or how we spent our time, what we did to ourselves um, in, in the wake of the destruction of addiction. And, and that destruction can be tremendous. So we got married to the wrong person. We got involved with the wrong guy. We got involved with the wrong woman. We, we spent all our money. We, um, we lied to people. We stole things. We, we manipulated people and relationships, those around us. Things that, you know, we thought we would never do, perhaps. And I don't know, unless you're a sociopath, there's, there's really not a purpose in those things other than just to feed our addiction. And it's really interesting how as we move our way through our, our season of addiction, we usually don't start out that way. It's something that becomes something that we are and we slowly grow into that thing. Um, that's the case for me. And I'm sure it's the case for you. You didn't start out being a liar and a manipulator. It's something that you adapted around as survival technique to get through the day. So you could be high or drunk or whatever you were. And it slowly erodes our moral compass and who we think we are. We, we start to do things that we never thought we would do. And it becomes something that's um, shameful to us. So we would like to forget that. We would like to think that that didn't happen. And then you start getting into recovery and people say, well, why are you so upset? Why are you so angry? Why are you so depressed? Why are you so anxious? And it's like, well, uh, it's just kind of how I am. No, that's a lie. You know that. It's not how you are it's how you became and what you did that got you there so the idea of you in recovery trying to be purposeful and you're remembering you don't want to remember these things so it serves no purpose you think but in actuality remembering things that are tough to remember 
is very important. But the purpose of that remembering is what's important. So the purpose of it is to help you get into recovery, help you heal, help you be able to forgive yourself for the things that you did. And so the purpose is key. If the purpose is to shame yourself or to be embarrassed, to weaponize those memories, then that really is the wrong purpose. So I want to be clear when we describe the point of like that fearless searching moral inventory of your character defects, step four, that is purposeful remembering. You are going through the catalog of the awfulness of your life and that that is a point that you have to remember those things. But man, oh man, it serves a purpose. And the purpose is to heal, to get to a point where you can forgive yourself for those things. So honesty, radical honesty about yourself, that has a purpose. You weaponizing it and using it as a club to beat yourself with, is it serves that serves a very different purpose and perhaps one that you shouldn't be using that memory for. So purposeful remembering when it comes to recovery is the ability to to go through and remember those points, those actions, those words, those deeds that you did that are embarrassing to you and you're ashamed of. To rid yourself of that shame. Forgiveness is the act of letting go of the anger that you feel about the thing, right? That you are, uh, that you attach to it. So, or as, or as I said in the previous podcast, Forgiveness is not attaching the debt to the act or the deed. So you're, re- you're removing the, uh, the debt, the debt being anger. <clears throat> so when you are experiencing purposeful remembering, you are bathing yourself in reality. You're bathing yourself in what you actually did. It's, and I'm saying bathing specifically because it's like a cleansing, right? We do that in the 12-step process. For those of you who don't engage in the 12-step process, we do that in step four and we do it We do it with another person. You do step four with another person present. They are bearing witness to you going through this. They're guiding you through it. That's your, that's your sponsor. You're sitting down. We even have a step four workbook and you actually use that workbook and you go through all those character defects, man. And there, there's a lot of them. There's a page that's landscaped and it's four columns wide. And it, it, it has both the character defect word descriptor as well as next to it, the positive attribute word descriptor that would be next to the opposite of that. So liar is honest, right? So that kind of thing. So it's, it's opposites, but it's, it's four columns long. And it's a lot of like single spaced, you know, just words of just awful. And, but you're doing that. You're, you're, you're understanding what your character defects are by going through and, and purposely, you know, bringing that stuff up because purposeful remembering is a cleansing. It's a, it's an expression of reality that is meant to bring out those things, the honesty that you can then use in step five, when you say it out loud to God, yourself, and, and another person, or God, another person, and yourself, or yourself and God, another person, whatever. Um, and you're saying it, and you're letting someone bear witness here in the natural, here on earth, to listen to you. And the belief in Christianity is that that person is acting as a representative of God to bear witness to these truths. But in, in reality, what you're doing is you're saying it to yourself. 
right? You're, you're being honest. So again, it's more of that purposeful remembering. So those two steps are really, um, I think vital to recovery because it's, we don't want to know that we are a liar. We're a cheater. We're a manipulator. We're deceptive. We are, you know, we're, um, cruel. We're mean. We're angry. We're bitter. We say insulting things. We're, you know, whatever, whatever the, the negativity is that you've got in you. So we don't really want to engage in that in, in, in our lives openly and honestly. So purposeful remembering is the act of being able to engage in that experience of understanding those things that are wrong with us in a gentle, non-threatening, non-weaponized way. And that purpose is to help us recover. If you are also, it's funny, you know, when, when, when you are remembering things that are positive, the idea that it is positive, that's very purposeful. And people will sit around in groups and they'll do it and they'll say, hey, you know, they'll reminisce about things and, hey, you remember the time we went to the, the cabin up in the mountains and how beautiful it was and, and everybody's sitting around going, yeah, and you, you remember when we had that campfire that night and we all sat around, you know, it's like that's very purposeful remembering. It's easy to do that because it's very positive. It's very hard to say, hey, you remember the time that I blacked out and acted, you know, like a complete jerk at your wedding and I threw the punch bowl on the floor. It's like nobody wants to, that's, (laughs) nobody wants to remember that stuff. So we tend to not talk about it. But I can tell you as a, as a matter of fact, one of the things that we're so good at as addicts is we're so good at weaponizing those things. And what we do is we be, they become weapons that we use against ourselves and they start to erode our soul. They erode us as people. That's what the enemy wants you to do is to destroy. It wants to destroy you from within. And so when we weaponize things and we create that environment where we can use those things in our, um, in ourselves and attack ourselves, we're doing the enemy's work for him right? We're destroying our soul. And that's, that's the weaponization of those things. So that the, the, I guess that has a purpose, right? To destruction, self-destruction. It's not a good purpose, right? So remembering purposeful, remembering to, to weaponize those memories and to destroy us will only contribute to your further destruction. How in the world are you supposed to engage in purposeful remembering when they are very negative things. It is very important that you do it in front of another person who cares about you. It is very important. I can't think of a thing that is even actually more important than that when you are going through your history. You must do it in front of another person who cares about you and and is concerned for you. And perhaps if it is... um not a sponsor. It definitely needs to be a skilled counselor, a therapist, somebody who can engage in that with you. And for addiction, I think that the, um, another piece that's very important to that is to be able to find a counselor or a therapist who can do that, but isn't just engaging in that kind of person centered back and forth where they listening to it and they go, Oh, so you're saying that you're a bad person. How does that make you feel when I say that to you? You, you feel like crap. That's why you're saying it. That doesn't help. What you need is somebody who can listen to that and go, yes, that was bad. I agree with you. And how would you like to think of yourself now instead? 
Because what we do when we weaponize is we don't see any freedom. There's no relief for that torture, that abuse that we heap upon ourselves. How do you change that? You change that by changing what it means to you and the importance that you give it. And so that's why when you are in that process of that purposeful remembering, the end point of that is to then let the anger go, right? You're going to let that poison out of yourself. I have done things that I am deeply ashamed of and I did them when I was drinking and I had to figure out what those things were in order to heal that. And then once I figured out what those things were, I, that bringing that memory closer to me, like embracing it, then moving towards understanding that I've changed and understanding that is worthy of forgiveness. Now, me as a Christian, I have to lay that at his feet, right? So I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness in the supernatural so that I can feel that. If you are not a believer, then what you have to do is you have to be able to lay it down, put it down, put the anger down. And the best way to do that, if you're a non-believer, is to um, do it in the presence of another person who is there with you and engaged with you empathetically, connected. You feel that connection. And the, the, the words that I keep hearing in my head over and over and over again when I talk about those things is when Dan Siegel said that he heard from one of his clients, Dan Siegel is a, a, psychi a psychologist, um, what he heard was he heard the person say, yeah, doing that and being in that made me feel felt. So I, I, I was feeling felt. And that's the key part of it is that empathetic connection with another person at least so that when you lay it down, you are feeling it because you're feeling felt. You're doing it in the presence of another person. It's difficult when you're just by yourself, you're isolated, and you've weaponized something so for so long that you don't know how to stop weaponizing it. It is really, really difficult to make that change. When I see somebody who is coming to me, and this is true with people who are older addicts, uh, they're in their 50s or 60s, sometimes 70s. Alcohol is usually the case with that, but sometimes I do get um, narcotics, uh, crystal meth, cocaine, sometimes opiate drugs. But uh, with the older crowd, it's usually alcohol or one of the other, the other drugs. When I see them come to me, they have spent... 30, 40, 50 years, sometimes 60 years doing this. It, it starts at some point in their teenage years when they started to do things that were really problematic for them and they felt bad about it. So they'll have, if they're 50 years old, they've had 40 years practicing this or, or 35 years. That's a long time of repetitious thinking about shame and, and embarrassment so when I ask them about their history, they will leave large chunks of that history out initially that are the things that they are upset or embarrassed about, ashamed of. They will leave it out. The longer I work with them, the more that comes out. And, and it's interesting because what they're doing is they're sensing my reaction to their bad behavior. And I'm trying to build that bridge over to them during that time so that they can sense and understand that I am not judgmental. I am not critical. They're so used to being judged, shamed, and stigmatized that they, they hesitate in that. 
So I sometimes will have to work with somebody for six months or a year before they really start to, to reveal themselves because they feel safe now. And that's not unusual. That's how strong and potent that destructive memory is and how much they want to keep it away from themselves. So you have to work with the person who is trained in that. When you're working with them, when you're coming to them for help, you you know get the sense of whether or not it, it matters to them or they care or how they're receiving it. Also, strangely, even though I'm a therapist and my opinion about them should not matter, but it's a human connection. So they tend to then start to gravitate towards my opinion of them and they seek that out. So it's approving. It's a, it's an approving opinion. Yes, you were, you did these things. Yes. You stole from your family. Yes. You lied to them. Yes. You, you stole those drugs from the medicine cabinet. Yes. You showed up drunk. Yeah, that's okay. It's okay. And they look at me like, what do you mean? It's okay. Well, it's okay that you're saying it. It's okay. It's okay that you're saying it out loud. I'm, I, I am accepting of your behavior. You, you are not accepting of it in it. You don't want to repeat it. I, I understand that. I get that. And perhaps that's the first time they've heard anybody say that in response to it because they have not revealed it. It's an odd experience in my office to have a client do that. And then for them to feel that I'm accepting of their behavior and I'm accepting of them admitting it. I'm not condemning them. Why should I? One, I'm not in a position of judgment of the person, but, but more importantly, I know that they've been spending the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years doing it themselves. What, (laughs) why would I join in on that? What purpose does that serve? So the, the point of, of being able to experience your shame and your upset and your anger, self-directed anger, is how do you stop being that? How do you stop being ashamed? How do you stop being angry? Lay it down. So you can't change the fact that you had it happen. That's, just, that's where the memory comes from, right? Until you get to where you're dead or maybe you've got Alzheimer's or something that's not allowing you to remember things. But you, you, you're not going to forget. You're never going to forget. But it's the forgiveness part. And I know I sound like a broken record and I keep saying it over and over and over again, but forgiveness is what we do, right? And the opposite of sobriety is peaceful. It's, I'm sorry, the opposite of addiction is peaceful. It's not sobriety. Sobriety is, for me, it's like a destination point that you're aiming towards. And it's an action step as well as a belief. But when you feel like you're actually healed, from your addiction, it's a sense of peace that comes over you. And so for me, what I'm trying to help people get to is they're working their sobriety to get to peaceful because addiction is all about chaos and destruction. You know that because you've been living it. So working towards the ability to be able to then become peaceful is what's so very, very important. And what I'd like to to do is I'd like to see people work towards purposeful remembering, structured, healthy, purposeful remembering, because that will allow them to engage in healing. And that really is how you get peaceful. So 
Learn to use purposeful remembering, non-weaponized, non-accusatory, non-damaging remembering. And hopefully what you're doing is you're doing it gently with yourself and with someone present who can bear witness to it and can, and that you are connected to empathetically. I would hope that it's a therapist that's guiding you through that because a skilled therapist can do that, especially one that is trained in trauma recovery. They can do that for you. So I would want you to go seek that person out. If it's not a therapist, it's somebody that you trust and has gone through that like a sponsor who has also gone through that process and will help you get to the place where you can start to engage in self-forgiveness for whatever it is you've done to yourself or to other people. So purposeful remembering is just that by its definition, purposeful. It has a purpose. And for this exercise, it is a positive purpose, not negative. Disengage from that negative experience of dredging up old memories so you can beat yourself up over those. And man, the freedom that you feel when you get to that point where you can actually do that and your ability to empathetically connect to other people who are struggling as well will will serve you so much better in your recovery than weaponized uh, attacking memories about your your garbage so engage in purposeful remembering and let the healing begin well that's it for another episode of doc shock your addiction lifeguard hope you enjoyed this episode on purposeful remembering and healing in your recovery if you are in need of help please you can reach out to me doc Jacques, your addiction lifeguard through my website wellspringmindbody.com uh, you can ask me questions make an appointment get an intervention whatever it is you need or if you are not in the area and you're not able to do that hey go get some help go to a treatment center go to a counselor go to a detox do something because it's not worth ending your life to save your addiction. That's just crazy. Well, so go get the help. And until next time, this is Doc Jock saying, see ya.